No, like, we're all, we're all kind of okay. It's like, there's no South African jerseys showing up at church, rubbing it in our noses. We're all, we're all okay. We can all be friends, eh? But I'm um, uh, just pleased to bring the word today, and I want to welcome especially any guests we've got with us today, any, any visitors. You're so welcome, and we pray you have an amazing, amazing time with us today. Uh, Bex is in uh, our Pukekohe campus, um, preaching for them today, and she'll be back with us tonight, preaching our night service as well. And we're starting a brand new series today called Anatomy. And uh, this series, what we're doing is we're exploring um, all the different things the Bible says about parts of the body. The, the Bible mentions different body parts a lot, like hands, feet, eyes, ears, a heart. Uh, and what we want to do is explore the um, practical and spiritual uh, meaning behind what the Bible says about these different things. And so today, I'm going to preach about the tongue. You've all got one. And you want to know an interesting, an interesting fact about the tongue, something you might not know? I'm going to tell you anyway, whether you want to hear it or not. The t- your tongue, this is what's interesting, your tongue has its own unique tongue print. It does. Like a, like a fingerprint or a thumbprint, your tongue has its own tongue print, and, and it's unique to you. You have it, and, and that's, that, I think that's just fascinating, isn't it? And, you know, like, imagine if, if the old um, Apple decided on the new iPhone, no longer a thumbprint, no longer face ID, all you do is lick your phone. <laughs> Swipe open. No more house keys, no more putting in a pin code. You just lick your front door. The door opens, and you're all in I don't know if that's going to help you in your life, but be blessed by that knowledge. Come back, Holy Spirit. That's what we need. Uh, your tongue is the part of your body that gives you the ability to, to, to speak, to create language and to speak. It's very hard, very difficult to talk without a tongue. And uh, the Bible talks a lot about the tongue. Actually, there's lots of many, many scriptures exploring uh, the tongue and the power of the tongue. And when the Bible mentions the word tongue in most contexts, what it's referring to, it's interchangeable with what would be known as words or speech and the power that's associated with the words that come out from your mouth. And what's really fascinating and really interesting is when you go back, right back to the beginning in the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis tells us that God created this world. And God created this world through the spoken word. God said, let there be and there was. Let there be and there was. Let there be and there was. God's creative power was manifest through His spoken word to create this world. This world came to be and everything in it because God spoke some words. And things were created. I love how the psalmist puts it in Psalm 33, verse 6 to 9. It's in your notes there. It says this, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of His mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars, and He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere Him. For He spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood Firm. Friends, just like a builder uses a hammer to create, the Lord uses words to create. The spoken word of God is immensely powerful to create. And here's where it gets even more interesting. Back in Genesis as well, the Bible tells us that God created man and woman in his own image. 
You are made in the image of God. You reflect the nature and the qualities and the attributes of Almighty God. You're made in His image. So there are characteristics and qualities about God that you and I possess, one of which is the power that we also have to create with our words. See, I love what Solomon says this in Proverbs 18. It says, the tongue... The speech, the words, the tongue has the power of life and death. We are, we are possessors of what is God's divine quality where He can speak and create. You and I also possess the ability to speak and create, but not just to bring life, but we can also destroy. And your words are incredibly powerful. It's like, it's like with your words, this is what we can do. We can, we can create things with our words. We can speak a word and we can create. We can speak a word and we can build up. We can speak a word and we're creating something amazing with the words that we speak, with life and with encouragement and, and with the things that come out. But the same thing with words, we can also knock things down. We can destroy with the same words that come out of the same mouth, with that same tongue. We've got the ability and the power to build up or to tear down, to create or to destroy, to bring life or to bring death with our words. I'm telling you, friends, your words are so powerful. The words you speak, the power of your tongue is incredible. Some of you are still living under words that were spoken over you many, many years ago. That's the power of words. Some of you are in the position you are right now because of words that were spoken over you, either positive or negative, life-giving or destructive. You're in that place now because of words. This is the power of the words that we have in our mouth. Here's what I want to do today. I want to ask three questions. I want us to, I'm not asking them of you. I'm asking you to ask them of yourself. And I'm asking me to ask them of myself. Because if words are that kind of powerful, if our tongue is that powerful, then there's three questions I want us to ask today. The first one is this. If my words are that powerful, what words am I speaking over myself? What words am I speaking over myself? A number of years ago, Bex and I were in the, uh, the UK visiting her family. She's born in the UK, and we were, all her family's over there, so we were going hanging out with them. And, and one of her relatives lives up in a place called Rugby. There's an actual place called Rugby. It's where they created Rugby the Game. Okay, so just, just so you know. And uh, we were up there, and, and they lived kind of in the countryside, so there was a whole lot of like fields and meadows and stuff. And I, I got up one morning real early, and I was like, I'm going to go for a ramble. I'm just going to walk. In England, rambling is just you walk anywhere and wherever and just go wherever you want to go. So I thought, I'm getting up and going for a ramble. I'm going to go spend some time with the Lord and just go, just go walk. And so I got up early one morning and I started walking through all these fields. And, and most of them had like quite long grass. And I heard that there were like deer around. So I'm like, I'm going to spot a deer. That's going to be awesome. Didn't see anything. So walking through the long grass, you know, it's hard work kind of getting through the long grass. And then I came across a little a track, like a little game track. And, and so uh, I got to this little, little path clearing in the grass. And so I started walking down that. Man, it was so much easier walking on the little track and that little path. And that little path is created because someone at some point at some time or an animal decided to walk through the long grass in a certain way. And then it became easier the next time because the grass was a little bit flatter. And so they walked down the same path the same way and it became Next time, oh, it came a little bit easier because there's now a path being made. There's now a clearing being made. And now over time, things don't grow there anymore. So the pathway, the channel, the road, the way you're going to go, you get to your destination faster because you're following that pathway. Friends, I'm going to tell you that the same kind of thing is true in the way your brain operates. 
It's things called neural pathways that are created in your brain. And the behavior and the things that you do are directly related to the neural pathways that you have. And those neural pathways that you have in your brain are created by the words you speak and the thoughts you think. The way you speak and think about yourself and about your life and about things creates neural pathways. And in one stage, it was kind of hard to think that way, but the more you think that way, the more you speak that way, the easier it is to get down that path. And so now the easy path for you to think and go down, the path of least resistance, is always down those neural pathways. The problem is for many of us, our neural pathways are harming us, not helping us. Because the words you're speaking and the things you're saying, you're saying things over your life like, I can't, I'm not, I'll never, I'm useless, I'm unlovable. There's words like this that you come, are coming out over your life all the time. And I'm telling you, friends, that you, I want to challenge you to begin to begin to build new neural pathways in your brain to begin to speak words over yourself that are life-giving, not destructive. For many of you, this is the pattern of your life. Through whatever's happened in your world, through different life circumstances or things that have happened, you now start to think and speak over yourself a certain way, and it's harming you. It's destructive to you. It's limiting you. Begin to speak the promises of God and the truth of His Word of your life. David, the Bible says that King David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's a point in your life, friends, when no one's speaking good things about you, so you've just got to speak good things about yourself. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Begin to declare the promises and the goodness of God over your own life to create. And listen, the first time you do it, it's going to be hard because you're creating a new pathway. But the more you say it, the more you speak it, the more you believe it, the more you behave it. I want to encourage you, I want to challenge some of you in this room, your, your, your dialogue about yourself is so destructive, you need to start a whole new pattern, you need to start a whole new pathway. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. I'm going to, I want to encourage you to begin your day by declaring some of the truth of who God is and who you are in Him over your life. Begin to declare life and speak hope and build into your life the things that you need to be who God's called you to be. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to give you today a few de declarations, a few statements that you can begin to speak out over your own life to begin to build you up, not tear you down. Now, I'm gonna put them up on the screen. If you want to, you can take a photo of them. We won't linger on them for too long. They're not in your notes. I'm sorry, because I thought about this before I created the notes. So, um, and I don't wanna make all our admin team stress out on a Friday. So, here's, here's, this, here's some of these statements. The first one is this. Can we check that up on the screen? If you want to take a photo of that, you can. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to glorify him and serve his purposes. I exist to glorify him and serve his purposes. Declare this over your life. The next statement. We're going to move fast. I'm sorry. Take a photo. I am chosen by God. I'm not a nobody, I'm not useless, I'm not nothing. I'm chosen by God. He has called me by name. You're not forgotten to make a difference in this world. You're somebody, you're somebody. Declare it over your life. Next statement. My past no longer defines me. Who I was is not who I am. I am called to greatness in God. Declare it over your life. Declare it over your life until you believe it. Next slide. I am an overcomer. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am an overcomer. I'm not useless. 
I'm not the tail, I'm the head. I'm not a nobody, I'm an overcomer. Next slide. I am loved by God. Oh man, you can't say that enough. I am loved by God, therefore I will love my family and those around me. Today, that's who I am. I'm loved by God and I'm gonna love those around me. Next slide. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am disciplined. Christ in me is greater than the wrong desires in me. Begin to declare that you're not a failure. You're not a nobody. Take a photo of it. We're moving on. Friends, I wanna encourage you, begin to declare words that will build you up, not tear you down. Second thought is this. Second question I want you to ask yourself. My words and my tongue is powerful. Number one, what words am I speaking over myself? Number two, what words am I speaking over others? What words am I speaking over others? The other day, like literally the other day, not like the other day as in five years ago, which some preachers say. The other day, as in like two days ago, one of the team and our staff brought in some chocolate in the office. You know, hallelujah, it's a good day when staff bringing chocolate in the office. You know, they got longevity on our staff when they're bringing chocolate in the office. It's gotta be that Whitaker's 60% or up for me because I'm dairy free and it's gotta have no dairy in that stuff. And uh, they brought this chocolate in and I'll tell you what, it looked beautiful, it looked delicious, but, but you know what, this was, this was trick chocolate. It had been laced with chili oil. Yeah. And, and, and it had a Scoville rating. Scoville is, the, uh, is, is like a heat rating in terms of spice. It had a Scoville rating of six million Scoville units in this piece of this chocolate. Just for context, a jalapeno pepper is two and a half thousand Scoville units. So this was six million Scoville units. This is like, to get this chili, they go to the pits of hell and they scrape the walls. That's what they do. And they turn it into oil and they put it in the chocolate. That's how they make it, I'm telling you. It's just science. And so they're going around giving people the chocolate in the office, and it's hilarious. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'll have some chocolate. Boom. You know what the chocolate was called? Instant regret. <laughs> That's what it was called, instant regret. Because the minute, the second that touches your tongue, you're like, oh, bad decision, bad decision. Bad. Like, it will burn for a long time, I'm telling you. It was, it was intense. You, you, the second you put it in your mouth, you regret it that very minute. Can I tell you, you can have instant regret not just when things go in your mouth, but when things go out your mouth. Have you ever said something and instantly regretted saying that? Like words come out of your mouth and you're going, why did I say that? I regret saying that completely. I've even had this happen to me when I've, when I've been saying something and I'm in my brain going, why are you saying that? It's like you're sitting and watching yourself in the third person. And, and like, I'm, like, I'm like going, Steve, don't. Don't say that. No, why? Stop. Stop now. Why are you saying that? You were like, I'm just like, it's like I'm watching the words come out of my mouth going, oh no, there they go. Like I can't, you can't get them back in. Oh, come back. Instant regret. I've, I've like regretted words. I've spoken over my children. I've regretted words. I've spoken over my spouse. I've, I've regretted words. I've spoken with our staff and all kinds of different contexts and places, man. I love Psalm 141, it says this, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. The amount of times I wish I prayed that Psalm before I spoke. Lord, put a guard over my mouth. Like, don't let me say those things, man. Don't let me speak those kinds of words. The amount of times, man, but 
you know, with those around us in our world, the, those that God puts in our life, we can either do the same thing. We can speak words that are gonna build them up or we can speak words that are gonna knock them down. We can speak life over somebody. We can speak destruction over somebody. And I want you to right now in this moment, think about your life and think about the people in your world. Think specifically about those in your world. Think about your spouse, husbands and wives. Think about your spouse. Think about your children. Parents, think about your children. Grandparents, think about your grandchildren. Think about those in your world right now. Think about your parents. Think about your colleagues. Think about those who are close to you. And ask yourself the question, am I speaking words of life? Am I, am I building them up or am I pulling them down? Am I, am I creating them or am I destroying them? Am I lifting them up or am I pulling them down? Especially dads with your children, dads with your kids. I'm, I'm telling you, the amount of times I feel like I'm such a failure as a dad because some of the words I speak over my kids, I'm thinking, why am I saying this? Why am I saying this over my children? Do you use in those moments of frustration and pressure and stress, do you use words like, you'll never, you're useless, you can't, you always. Do we use words like that in those moments? The truth is that our words are so powerful that we speak over people. I know that some of you here today, you're only here in this place because some teacher spoke a word of your life that built you up so mightily that you've carried that every day of your life. Some of you are in workplaces and environments that you can literally speak a word that will, that will save someone's life. And some of us, we're in the place where we are broken and messed up because somewhere along the way, a dad or someone spoke something over us and it crushed us and it broke us and it hurt us. And man, I don't even wanna be the kind of person that does that. I don't think that's the heart of God that we would be people that do that. I believe God wants us to speak life to people. So here's, the, here's what I wanna, wanna tell you to do. Uh, when you get to that place where you're gonna speak something about somebody, over somebody, to somebody, ask yourself, there's four little things you can test that word with. Is it true, is it helpful, is it necessary, and is it kind? If you're gonna be a person that speaks life over somebody, ask them. Listen, it has to pass all four of those tests, not just one. Is it true? Yes, I'm gonna say it. No. Is it true, is it helpful, is it gonna actually help them or help you? Is it necessary, do they need to know it? Is it necessary to share it and is it kind? you're going to speak life, it has to be kind. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness, not harshness, not bitterness. Kind. Is it true, helpful, necessary, kind? Let's be people, let's, let's commit to be a people that with our families and our kids and our work colleagues and those around us, that we're people that speak life that challenge the words that come out of our own mouth, set a guard over our mouth, and actually speak life over those situations. Is it true, helpful, necessary, and kind? Maybe even right now, and I know this is like, like we're hitting the nerve a little bit here, uh, maybe even right now you're examining your own life going, man, I haven't actually spoken the best over my own children or over my spouse, and I've been you know, speaking words that aren't building them up, they're I'm critical, I've been judgmental, I've, I've, I've ridiculed them, whatever it is. And you're thinking, I don't even know where to start to get this right. Here's a great start point. It's called sorry. Sorry's a great place to start. Just to simply go, you know what, I'm sorry for the words I've been speaking over you. I'm gonna really work hard to do better. I'm gonna start to speak life. Sorry's a great place to start. I've learned that sorry is a very powerful place, especially with my children. I'm sorry, man, I should not have said that to you. 
that was wrong. Let's move on. Don't let that bitterness stay there. Let's deal with that, speak life. My last thought is this. Maybe if the team can join me, that'd be amazing. Number one, what words am I speaking over myself? Number two, what words am I speaking over others? And number three, what words am I declaring about God? What words am I declaring about God? Psalm 89 verse one says this. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, with my tongue, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Psalm 105 verse two, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. You know why I I love, um, I really love Sundays. I really, really do. And it's not just because I'm paid to love them. I love them. I love everything about them. I love them because even though I'm the pastor here of this church, I come and I leave built up, I leave encouraged, I leave full of faith, I leave stirred up, I leave this place going, man, I can't imagine ever doing this journey without church. Because it just, it's like the anger that holds me, it's that, that, that place where I restart again, and I reset the clock and I, and I get sort of a health check and I get into my week and I'm like, yeah, I can go forward with God. It, as, as much, whatever it is for you, is as much for me and more so. I love Sundays and I love Sunday worship. And, and the reason I love Sunday, like when we sing in worship, and I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea, the whole like let's sing in church thing, but, but it's not a preference thing, it's a Bible thing. It's not a preference thing to sing. It's a Jesus thing to sing. Because like you find me a scripture in the Bible where it says, keep your mouth shut to praise to God. You can't find it. It's not there. Because there's something powerful about when we sing. And the, the, what I love about coming in Sunday worship is that I get to declare with my own mouth, with my own tongue, with my own words, the goodness, the greatness, the glory, the faithfulness, the love of God. I get to do that. And this is what happens. And when we gather together corporately as a church and the saints gather and we sing together and we declare the goodness of God together, what we're doing is we are engaging the power of our tongue to create That's what it does, it creates or it destroys. And when we come and we glorify God together and we declare His goodness and His faithfulness, corporately, collectively, we are creating an atmosphere and a room and a platform of hope and of faith. So that's why you can come into church and you can have no hope and then in a moment you're like, I'm stepping into hope. Because you've created a room because you started to declare it and you're creating it with the words of your mouth in faith and you're seeing God show up in a moment. You can walk in depressed, hopeless, lost, broken, sick. And then in a moment, as you begin to declare, you create a platform for yourself to step onto. And now you've found hope where you never had it before. It's the power of a a corporate. And this is is what I want to say. Don't ever come to church and not sing. Like if, if you're new to church and this is all new to you and you don't even know Jesus yet, that's, you just come and you stand, you do whatever you want. Sit, stand, lie down, it doesn't bother me, man. We're just glad you're here. But if you know Jesus, don't ever come and not sing. You're missing out on creating something that God wants to do in your life and in the lives of those around you to create a place where people can come and step into hope, step into grace, step into faith, and walk out of this place very, very different. In fact, I, I kind of felt like as I was preparing this message for some of you, that is just your next step of faith. Your next step of faith, like you know God, you know Him, and He's doing a work in your life. Your next step is simply to come and start singing. 
simply to come and join in. And start, Listen, you can't sing. That's fine. Neither can I. Come up the front because no one can hear you when you're up the front. Only these guys. And they've got things in their ears. They can't hear you anyway. If you're like, I don't want anyone to hear me. That's fine. Like, stand by me. We can be like out of pitch together. There's a few things I'm good at. One of those things I'm good at is not singing. Uh, but I make, I make a noise unto the Lord. It's joyful to me, not to you. But maybe your next step is to come and to sing. Maybe it's to begin to lift your hands and go, you know what? I'm not just gonna let words be on a screen or words come out of my mouth. I'm gonna start to declare the promises of God. I'm gonna start to declare the truth of what I see on that screen. And I'm gonna step into that moment of hope and moment of faith. I'm gonna start to build it in my life. I'm gonna to start to jump around because I'm gonna like think, you know what? If David danced before the Lord with reckless abandon, not caring what anyone thought, I'm gonna do that. I'm 37 years old. I'll out jump the teenagers. I'm not 37 yet, I'm 36. Amen. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'll out worship, I'll out jump your way because I believe in the power of the words and that moment to create. We create with it. Some of you, I want to encourage you, don't let church just pass in and by. And it's like, the music's not your thing. Let it become your thing. That's not my thing. Let it be your thing. Let it be the thing that you use collectively to create, to find hope and to find faith. Be amazed at what God will do. I want to challenge us as a church that we would be a people that use the power of our tongue to create to build in our own lives, speak life to those around us, those in our world, our children, our spouse, our co-workers, begin to create. And when we come to church and we come to the house of God, we come, we come with a heart to say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna create, I'm gonna create, I'm gonna create. I'm not gonna tear down, I'm gonna create. Can I pray for our words today? Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, I thank you for your creative and redemptive work. Lord, to make us with the power of your words, to create this world with the power of your words. And Lord, as you've created us in your image, you've created us also with the power to build up with the words we have, but maybe also we possess the same power to destroy with our words. And so, Lord, if we've used them wrongly, if we've used them, Lord, with harshness, and Lord, if we've brought, spoken death, not life, with our words, I ask for your grace and your forgiveness. Lord, who we were is not who we are. Our past doesn't define us, and no matter what words were spoken before this moment, our past doesn't define us. And Lord, we make a decision today, a declaration before you that we will be a people that choose to bring life, choose to create and to build with the words you give us. Lord, I pray you set a guard over our mouth that we would be mindful, aware, Lord, and attentive to your voice, to the words that we are speaking in the name of Jesus. I want to pray one more prayer. Just whatever your eyes closed and head bowed. If you pray, if you're here today and, um, and maybe you don't know Jesus, maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Him, or maybe you're here in this place today 
and you've walked with Him before, but if you're honest in this moment, you'll say, Steve, man, I'm far from God. I don't really know Him. I've never surrendered my life to Him and experienced the life that He has for me. Can I tell you a few things? Firstly, God loves you. He loves you more than you'll ever know. He created you. He made you. You're created in His image. There is a divine purpose to your life. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. God loves you. God made you. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. We all do what the Bible calls sin. And our sin, it separates us from God. And you will spend your whole life searching, your whole life looking for the thing that's gonna fill the void in your life. And you'll never discover it until you turn to Him because it's a space and a void only made for God to fill. Now sin, it separates us from God, but God in His amazing grace sent Jesus to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin. And then He conquered death and the grave and He rose again on the third day and He extends to every person in this house, everyone in this world, He extends His free gift of grace, forgiveness for all your wrong, all your past, your guilt, your shame, forgiven, taken away from you, thrown away, forgotten. He gives you a brand new life that begins right here, right now, a new start. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. You get made a new person from the inside out. You get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. Like I said, you're made in His image. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a plan for you. He wants to use you to change this world. And you get the great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. If you're here today and you don't know Him, but you want to, if you're far from God and you need to get right with Him today, I wanna invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. I'm gonna pray this prayer out loud and just while every eye is closed and head bowed, if you're here today saying, Steve, that's me, I wanna pray that prayer. You just join with me. Just pray along with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. You pray it in your heart, but you join with me right now and you make it your prayer. Just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up, but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old life and I turn to you. I ask you to come in be the Lord of my life. Make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you and to follow you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed, if you prayed that prayer this morning and you meant that, I want you to do something really brave, really brave. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to take a little step of faith. When I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high. Now, I'm not doing that to embarrass you or call you out or stand you up, nothing like that. What I will do is I will see your hand. I'll acknowledge you. This is a little step of faith, and you can put your hand straight back down. If you prayed that prayer, be bold, be brave today. On the count of three, one, two, three. Hands up nice and high saying, Steve, that's me. Yes, I see you, young lady. Amazing. God bless you. Right down the back, my man. Up the front here, too. That's incredible. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me, that's me, that's me. That's me, yeah, over the back too. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. 
We thank you for hearts and lives transformed and turned around. God, I bless all those who've responded right now in the name of Jesus. God, right now, a party just kicked off at 8.30 a.m. in heaven. And so, Lord, we join with them in all joy, rejoicing as people have come to know you. We bless them now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, church, put your hands together. Let's congratulate every person said yes to Jesus today. Thank you, Jesus.